When we talk about the impact of the First World War, we tend to focus on the soldiers who directly fought the enemy. We think of the young men carrying rifles and their hopeless charges across no man's land. This is understandable, but there were many more heroes of the First World War, and not all carried guns. Those on the front lines suffered more horrific and never seen before wounds, such as those inflicted by gas weapons, and yet, through the effort of medics, thousands and thousands of lives were saved. Doctors, nurses, and surgeons all fighting to stem the bloodshed, without whom the death toll of that great conflict would have been orders of magnitude higher. The incredible advances in medical treatment of this era can still be seen today. Without vital progress made during the First World War, reconstructive surgery wouldn't have developed at the rate it did, allowing for procedures such as skin grafts and tissue regrowth to become widely available to those in need of it even today. It was during the infancy of this surgical practice, however, that soldiers struggled through some of the most difficult, yet revolutionary reconstructive work that had yet been achieved. The brutality of modern warfare coupled with advancements in medical science, meant more soldiers could survive life-threatening wounds and carry the lifelong scars of war upon them. Even after initial recovery, many patients realized an even longer road to regaining what they had physically lost awaited them. As a result of months or even years of reconstructive surgery, many even went on to salvage some of what the Great War had taken from them. Let's examine some of the unimaginable horrors soldiers who fell on the battlefield but did not die endured, and the incredible work of the medics and revolution in medicine that paved the way to their miraculous recovery. Welcome to Wars of the World. You can actually trace back some of the fascinating history of advanced medical techniques, such as plastic surgery, to even earlier than the First World War. Procedures such as skin grafting using flaps of skin, still used to this day, can be traced back to India centuries ago. Then, quite complex surgeries such as rhinoplasties were pulled off successfully, though the process was not easy. Variations exist elsewhere, with partly forgotten methods from Imperial Rome being documented too. Examples of this miracle procedure were performed in India from 1794. Here, a flap of skin from the forehead was grafted onto the face over an area of severe damage. Much to the astonishment of Europeans who witnessed this, the area would regenerate miraculously. Europe at the time was far behind in this field of medical care. They were only familiar with procedures utilizing skin from a patient's arm. This was an incredibly laborious and uncomfortable process, where the flesh from a person's arm was used to regrow parts of the nose. Therefore, treatments like the Indian method of skin grafting forehead tissue would provide useful for facial damage acquired in close quarter fighting, which was still commonplace well into the 18th and 19th centuries. Let's move on to the First World War. 
From 1914 to 1918, the sheer scale of a brutal war of attrition pushed many countries to the brink, with significant human cost from long, gruelling battles fought in trenches. We have done a video on trench warfare on this very channel, if you'd like to check that out, about the horrors of daily life in the trenches. Wounds from this era were horrific, and plastic surgery hadn't made any real improvements before the war in the 19th century. That was about to change. Weaponry was evolving dramatically. Rounded bullets gave way to more effective pointed bullets, which, due to their higher speed, inflicted more damage. Alongside this, advances in artillery made massive bombardment with explosive shells a cornerstone of military strategy. Shrapnel wounds rapidly became the largest causes of limb damage and serious disfigurement. Jagged pieces of shrapnel also increased the chance of infection, with large amounts of foreign substances being exposed to the open wound as they whipped through the soldiers' clothes and dragged in the dirt. These injuries were brutal, truly among the worst humans have ever been forced to endure on such an enormous scale. And so, with advancements in armaments technology, surgeons had increasingly terrible wounds to contend with in caring for the injured. With huge portions of society conscripted into this total war, the pressure to provide effective care to legions of disfigured men had never been greater. Soldiers would suffer disfigurements completely unseen at the time. Medicine had improved so much that these soldiers were surviving horrific physical trauma, but how were they left after such an ordeal? Returning to Britain after the war, some men held an almost unrecognisable appearance, marking them out as victims of a brutal war to family, friends, and employers. Some were disabled outright, having lost limbs or the use of their senses. Some were cosmetically damaged, an important handicap in a society that, like today, was fixated with image and appearance. Even for demobilised soldiers who did not appear physically damaged or maimed, the trauma of trench warfare led to an explosion in mental health problems. An explosion that the societies of the early 20th century were ill-suited to deal with. On top of all this, economic prospects were tough in 1918. Job searching was hard for all, harder still to those who gave their best years learning skills removed from the demands of civilian life and peacetime employment. To those poor souls with physical disfigurements, the basics of life for young men, finding gainful work and starting a family, became, if not completely impossible, extremely difficult. Where was the state, the nation, the entity they had fought and bled for? Here is where plastic surgery and the bright medical specialists championing change stepped in. They helped restore what the war had once taken away from soldiers, both repairing their bodies and recovering their dignity. It was during this time that the British Army enlisted the medical expertise of renowned pathologist Sir Almroth Wright to help develop better treatments for injured soldiers. In setting up this important research lab, famous bacteriologist Sir Alexander Fleming, best known for his world-changing discovery of penicillin, accompanied him in his efforts to cure and prevent infection of serious wounds. These experts were highly innovative at the time and had a large amount of success in preventing soldier deaths due to infection. Fleming was particularly effective in alleviating the symptoms of so-called gas gangrene, 
which was a disease prevalent in the trenches due to common contacts between open wounds and dangerous bacteria found in the soil. With the survival rate of soldiers who were seriously injured increasing, aftercare was approaching the forefront of the demands of warfare. The First World War, as I'm sure you know, was deadly like no war before it, costing the lives of over 8 million soldiers of the Allied and Central Powers. The number of wounded was even greater. By 1918, over 20 million members of the military were estimated to be seriously wounded. After particularly bloody battles, such as the Battle of the Somme in 1916, procedures to fix wounds such as, for example, extensive jaw damage were in desperate demand. This exact type of injury was unfortunately inflicted upon Sir John Glubb in August of 1917. He recalls the feeling of the brutal event. Quote, the floodgates in my neck seemed to burst, and the blood poured out in torrents. I could feel something lying loosely in my left cheek, as though I had a chicken bone in my mouth. It was, in reality, half my jaw, which had been broken off, teeth and all, and was floating about in my mouth. When awaiting treatment in hospital back in England, he was again unfortunate, as he was sent to a hospital ill-equipped for facial reconstructive surgery. Due to the overcrowding of the ward, a common problem at the time, John was ignored for weeks and his wounds grew septic. Though Sir John Glubb survived this ordeal, even going on to continue a successful military career, his situation was not unusual and many weren't as lucky and as a result, suffered greatly when returning to society. The turning point really came with the work of Dr. Harold Delph Gillies, a volunteer for the Red Cross who served in France. He was an ears, nose, and throat specialist from New Zealand and a brilliant pioneer in the specialization of plastic surgery. Many other surgeons and dentists teamed up with Dr. Gillies for his surgical work. It was much needed as thousands of disfigured soldiers were about to require urgent treatment. In 1916, Walter Yao, a young British soldier from Devon, who was serving as an officer on board HMS Warspite, suffered severe facial burns during the brutal Battle of Jutland. He paid the price to keep the German Navy blockaded in the North Sea, caught in the heat of an explosion. He was fortunate in keeping his sight, considering he lost skin on both his upper and lower eyelids as a result of the damage. Upon making port, Walter was admitted to a hospital in Edinburgh. There, his burns gradually and agonizingly went through the risky process of healing without becoming infected. The burns healed successfully, but Walter was left with heavy scarring, especially around the upper region of his face. Astonishingly, despite this, he adjusted to his new condition and went on to be promoted, becoming a higher ranking officer in 1917. Soon after this, Walter was referred to a facial hospital in Frognall, London, where he finally met the then experienced plastic surgeon for severe war-related runes, Dr. Gillies. Here, Walter was treated with skin flap surgery, which applies a piece of localized skin to the wound called a pedicle. This live skin was able to regrow tissue for the donor as it maintained a connection to the body's blood supply. Here seen as two pieces of tissue stretching around the sides of Walter's face into the back of his head. It proved to be quite a versatile approach to tissue repair and works incredibly well for Walter. He made headlines as one of the world's first major plastic surgery patients. 
Having such a major burn repaired was unheard of, and thanks to the new use of the pedicle for the skin flap method, many other victims could now realistically expect an improved quality of life. Walter himself went on to live into his 70s, returning to his wife and children in Devon. Dr. Gillies made further groundbreaking adaptations to the skin flap treatments and later developed a tube pedicle. This was an important advancement as it reduced the risk of infection as the open flap was no longer exposed and instead sewn onto the tube used to circulate blood in the patient's body. Bearing in mind that these treatments required up to months to be complete, this was an especially important innovation. In contrast with plastic surgery that had been relied on before, which simply grafted new skin onto the donor site, usually in one single surgery, this new method had a much greater chance of success, ensuring that the added skin graft would not be rejected. Other types of facial reconstruction included work on replacing whole sections of bone that would have been destroyed by shrapnel or a bullet wound. Gillies occasionally had to install entire frames of prosthetic bone into soldiers' faces to rebuild key sections of the skull, such as cheekbones or jaws. Some of these operations were incredibly transformative, as these pictures testify to, rebuilding facial structures to an almost pre-injury state. Even today, the transformation is incredible, offering heroes wounded in battle a chance at dignity and a normal life, despite coming face to face with the very worst that war has to offer. And so, thanks to awful new sources of demand and brilliant new innovations, by 1916, plastic surgery was recognized as a specialist field of surgery in Britain. It became an important part of medical science's new role in the rehabilitation of soldiers. It was no longer just metal and wooden prosthetic limbs that were given to the wounded, but often whole new living tissue. Burnt skin was replaced and whole parts of the face were regrown using localized blood supply in the human body. Even today, this miracle of science is unbelievable. A century ago, these medics must have seemed to have the healing power of gods. Crude facial covering made of metal and wood were replaced more and more with the very flesh and blood of the wounded soldiers themselves, regenerated thanks to marvelous improvements in surgical methods. Despite the unimaginable pain and suffering caused by war that decade, this was undoubtedly an incredible time to live through as a medical practitioner. In fact, it was because of the brave sacrifice and resilience of early plastic surgery patients who sat through these new and terrifying procedures that progress was achieved. At first, many soldiers were not even allowed mirrors as it was deemed too upsetting for them to see their wounds being repaired. The emotional and physical trauma would be enough to break many, but thousands got through the pain and were able to reclaim some of their former selves. Dr. Gillies played a major role in this as his focus was not only on functional repair, but to aesthetically reconstruct the men's faces to how they once were, as much as is physically possible. In what he called a strange new art, Gillies applied precision and care for those who needed it the most. With many of these methods still used in some form to this day, we owe a debt to the courage and bravery of the wounded men 
pictured shockingly in this video, as well as to the brilliant and innovative surgeons who treated them. A powerful reminder that even in the darkest moments of humanity, the brilliance and bravery that we are capable of can build a future beyond. And there you have the most devastating injuries and incredible recoveries of World War One. Leave a comment down below with your own thoughts and reactions, and remember to like this video and subscribe to support the channel. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time.